Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to Branching Out, an upbeat, friend-building, Christian-uniting ministry. We discuss topics concerning our faith, review Christian news, do a devotional, and offer prayers and praise that you share with us. Never be alone. Join us. You can reach us at our website, which is branchliving.com. You can reach us through Facebook at Branch Living. And there we have an international community, and it would be a privilege to have you join us. There you can comment, post photos, prayer requests, praise reports. So join us on Facebook at Branch Living. Also, you can email your prayer requests and praise reports to me at lisa at branchliving.com. We podcast once each week, and the heart of our podcast is our Branch Living message. We chat about issues in our lives, read a devotion, hear Christian news, good news from around the world, and we end with your comments, prayers, and praise. Every other podcast, we try to work in a Bible study. As I've said before, we're not doing that quite yet, but we will get back to that with my husband, Pastor Hal. So join us and spread the word. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast service. We would love to hear from you. And with that, let us join the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this time together to discuss Christian issues or issues from a Christian perspective. We ask you to just give us peace and calm and time away during this brief session together. We ask you to inspire our hearts and minds to hear your voice. We pray this in your name. Amen. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what true Christian friendship is. And my branch living message um, talks about that. When you think of friendship, what comes to mind? People who affirm you, those who you can share your heart with, someone you could call in the dead of night, and they would be happy to help you? I think each of those is true, but such friends are rare. What is even more rare is the friend who sees something even better in you than you see in yourself and wants you to be your very best. They see the person who you are in Christ. We see these friendships in several stories recorded in the Bible. One is the book of Job. Job, when Satan had taken away nearly everything from him but his life, turned to his friends. His friends could have told him that the world was unfair and that he had been wronged. They could have told him to look at the bright side of life, that when he was this low, things could only get better. In other words, they could have been cheerleaders and tried to pump Job up, but they didn't. They advised Job to really examine his life and to see if there were transgressions in his background that could have led to this type of devastation. Their advice proved to be incorrect but they were demonstrating true friendship. They were working with Job to help make, not just to help him make make him feel better, they wanted what was best for him. They wanted him to find the root of his problems for his ultimate good. Jesus demonstrates this type of friendship with his disciples. He gently corrects them and leads them to their best selves. Sometimes he's very direct, as when he rebukes Peter saying, get behind me, Satan, when Peter takes the world's perspective instead of embracing God's plan as Jesus revealed it. 
Other times Jesus touches his disciples' hearts through repeated kindness, such as the time when he asked Peter three times, do you love me? And then he gives Peter advice each time Peter answers yes. Recently, a friend of mine who I know that I knew, who knows that I am searching for a church home asked me a very probing question. Gently, she said, I know you know this, but no church is perfect, right? You know, I really appreciated her question. She was very kindly telling me that I needed to see churches as flawed institutions, which they are. And I do realize this because my husband and I served churches together for 30 years. But I felt when she said that, that she was serving as a real friend, asking me to evaluate my motives, asking me to really think hard about what I was expecting from church. Trevin Wax, in his article, Sin Coddlers Are Not True Friends, and that was published in the gospelcoalition.org October 21st of this year. Trevin Wax notes that true Christian friends accept you despite your flaws, but they lead you to aspire to new moral heights. They, they offer not necessarily acceptance, but they show you at where your aspirations are. He continues, true Christian friends understand that perseverance, um, that per, I'm sorry, pervasiveness and pull of sin. So Christian friends understand the pervasiveness and pull of sin. They're not shocked by your missteps. They don't make you feel worse than you already feel. They don't heap judgment and guilt upon you, but neither do they excuse or minimize your sin. They see something better in you. They know the work of Christ and they trust the power of the Spirit. They call you away from sin because they're calling you to holiness, to Christ like this. That marks your destiny. I have to say that sometimes too, a good dose of humor is that spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine, which is the truth, go down. There's a person whom I work with who, when he is preparing to disagree with someone or to point out a flaw in their thinking, will frequently joke, okay, I get to be the guy who tells, and you can fill in the blank, whoever that is, that he or she is wrong. That invariably gets everyone to laugh because it is so true. We are reluctant to disagree with others, but when we drop our defenses and when they drop theirs, people really do listen. In the article I mentioned earlier that was from the Gospel Coalition, Wax, the author, concludes on true Christian friendship, he notes, encouraging, not excusing, courage, not coddling. That is what friendship in Christian key must look like. And I add, may we each have at least one true Christian friend. So that ends our branch le uh, living session for today. And um, my prayer for each of you is that you will have at least one Christian friend. And you know, those friends can, can come into our life and leave our life. Uh, we don't always get to keep uh, those true Christian friends, but uh, may God bring those people into our lives. Um, so a devotion I wanted to share with you today comes from Billy Graham, and it's the Billy Graham website. And the scripture that is quoted is 
By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love for one another. And that's John 13, 35. The human soul is a lonely thing. It must have the assurance of companionship. Left entirely to itself, it cannot enjoy anything. God said in the beginning, it is not good that man should dwell alone. And that's from Genesis 2.18. The creation of Eve was the beginning of human companionship. God's people are a body, not intended to function separately, not intended to be unconcerned for one another. The only true body in the world is the church. The world may talk grandly of brotherhood, but in reality, its philosophy is each man for himself. God's children are guaranteed the richest and truest friendship, both here and hereafter. Only in a true friendship and true love do we find genuine basis for peace. Only God can break down the national and racial barriers that divide men today and only God can supply that love that we must, we must have for our fellow man. We will never build brotherhood of man upon earth until we are believers in Christ Jesus. The only true cohesive power in the world is Christ. I'm going to read that again. The only true cohesive power in the world is Christ and he alone can bind human hearts together in genuine love. And I thought that was just a beautiful devotion um, that comes to us again on billygram.com. It's called True Friendship. Um, and I wanted to close today by talking about an article that I read. It's on a website called unlockingthebible.org. And it was written um, back five years ago. It was written September 12th in 2016. But I thought it was really a great article to accompany our readings today. It's called The 12 Characteristics of Christian Friendship. And it is written by Rachel Lerner. Um, and so it, she talks about those characteristics and I'm gonna just kind of jump into them. She talks about how no relationship is perfect on this side of heaven, that there are rocky bits even among the very best of friends. But remembering blessings found in the community of believers will encourage and help those who encounter these challenges. So the following she lists are her 12 characteristics of friendships between believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the first characteristic is the shared hope in the gospel. That two friends have based their hope on Jesus has monstrous implications for the relationship. That agreement about something as bedrock as the soul is foundational to every aspect that makes a spiritual friendship unique. We always thank God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard your faith in Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, because the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before the word of the truth, the gospel. And that comes from Colossians 1, 3 through 5. The second aspect, so the first one is shared hope in the gospel, and the second one is realistic expectations. And so Ms. Uh, Ms. Leonard says, inherent in the gospel is that all of us are sinners and fall short of the glory of God. 
Because indwelling sin, we will never be free from sinning until that blessed day when Jesus makes us new in his presence. Christian friends should never be surprised when we sin against each other. The hurt is real and reconciliation takes work. But because we both agree that sin is part of our human nature and something we both long to be free of, we do not give up on each other. So I'm not reading every detail of this article to you. It's quite lengthy, but I will complete all 12. But again, if you want to read the article in its entirety, it's in unlockingthebible.org on September 12, 2016. So her third principle is framework for forgiveness. Christian friends have a model for true forgiveness in Jesus Christ, and they have already experienced the greatest forgiveness possible, the costly pardon of God the Father made possible in his Son. We can never claim a greater cost than the one paid by Jesus, and so we willingly follow in his footsteps. So when we have friends that sin against us, we offer that forgiveness because Christ forgave us. The fourth one is family commitment. Christian friends are not only friends, they are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are part of the household of faith and we share a special responsibility to each other because of that distinction. We also have the wonderful possibility of deep relationships that cross cultural and ethnic barriers. Two people, unlike in every way, are tied to each other with the bonds of family when we are both joined to Christ. Number five then is trustworthy discretion. Christian friends have a unique calling to discretion with trusted intimate personal details. Gossip is destructive and sinful and Christian friends should have confidence that their private struggles are treated with modesty and care. There is a meekness that comes with the conviction that we are all sinners. We all long for our sins to be covered and removed with gratitude for the covering provided for us in the blood of Jesus Christ. Another characteristic of Christian true friendship is true generosity. Friends who agree the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof are called to be free and generous with their money and their possessions. There should be no shame in asking for and no pride in bestowing that which is not ours to begin with. Number seven is encouragement to stand strong. A Christian friend will not counsel you to give up that which the Lord is asking you to hold fast. The world may counsel you to look to your heart for guidance, but a Christian friend should stand with you side by side, pointing you to the truth of the gospel and to the immovable God whose love for you never changes. Number eight is selfless love. A relationship built on mutual passion for the servant-like love of Jesus will seek to reproduce it. I'm gonna say that again, because I think that's a great one. A relationship built on a mutual passion for the servant-like love of Jesus will seek to reproduce it. Number nine, the rule of peace. Christian friends want peace to reign. They are peacemakers. They are peacekeepers. They, the call to unity and love should override self-interest and personal grudges and hurt. Christ died for us while we were still his enemies. So we should be eager to extend the olive branch to those who are also called 
by Jesus's name. Number 10, a heart for service. Christian friends are not selfish. They do not use their friends to meet their needs, but humbly and sacrificially serve those whom Christ has called them to love. He gave us this vivid example when he stooped down and washed his disciples' feet. Number 11, gentle admonition. Christian friends view each other's holiness as of supreme importance. One should expect a friend in the faith to catch you when you sin, remind you of your great calling to repent and sin no more, and gently restore you with the grace purchased for us at the cross. And the last point, number 12, and aren't these something, I mean, they're great to read. I love to reread them because they're so uh, rich with truth, but not necessarily hard, not necessarily easy to do all of these, right? So number 12 is shared eternal life. The eternal nature of our relationship in the body of Christ should motivate us to seek reconciliation when it is in our power to do so. Our final destination is the same, and we will always be together with the Lord. Um, So she concludes the article by saying, Heaven on Earth, meditating on the unique blessings of spiritual friendship fills me with both wonder and dread. Wonder at the prospect of enjoying a relationship like this and dread because my, of my total inability to be this kind of friend. But Jesus brought me to himself, not merely to instruct me in a better way of life, but to fill me with his life and produce the likeness of his image in me through abundant grace. It is by grace we are saved, both on the day of our conversion and every day afterward. And so we remind each other of these truths. And when the Lord brings a friend into our lives who exhibits these characteristics, it should draw our hearts to thank him for the dearest friend of all, who is Jesus. His victory over death made him the firstborn of many brothers and sisters who will one day be together, sinless, in perfect unity, and in love. Any taste of that love and unity we experience now is truly a bit of heaven on earth. And that is just so beautifully written and so true. So I urge you to go and look up the article and look at those 12 characteristics of Christian friendship. You know, it just makes me want more and more Christian friends, right? And deep Christian friendships, but it also really um, kind of makes me think, how, what kind of Christian friend have I been and how can I improve? And I think you, when we read these, we can see many, many ways we all can improve in being good friends. So um, thank you for joining us today. I really enjoyed spending this time with you. I am going to close in prayer, but again, I urge you to go to branchliving.com and to um, leave your prayer requests. You can also leave them on our Facebook page And you can also uh, leave them um, on our phone line. So any of those work well. And so um, in terms of prayer requests today, I am going to uh, say a prayer for peace of mind. There are a number of people right now who I know are struggling with whether or not to get vaccinated. They are struggling with whether or not to get the booster vaccine if they've been vaccinated. Um, and just struggling in many, many ways. Lots of people wanting to quit jobs and seek greener pastures and wanting new lives based on their being shut down during COVID. And 
you know, some of that churning is good, but it's sometimes it's good just to stay put and to wait upon the Lord. In fact, it's always good to stay put and wait upon the Lord until the Lord calls us to something else. So would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this sweet reminder of what Christian friendship is all about. And Father, I ask you to bring true Christian friends into each person's life who is listening to this today. Please do bring uh, Christian friends into all of our lives that we can enjoy and who can really strengthen our ties to you and help us on this walk that we call our lives until we join each other in our heavenly family in heaven with you. We pray this in your precious and special name. Amen. So again, thank you for joining me and I wish you a great week ahead. And until we get together again, stay close to God, stay in touch, and I will chat with you again soon. Thank you.